everybody, Josh Searson of World Alternative Media here, and we are joined by the one and only James Corbett of The Corbett Report. And first of all, thank you for joining us today. Well, thank you. Actually, okay, I'm going to take over this interview right now. Uh, okay, true story. This guy, there's an email in my inbox that must be at least three or four years old by this point, buried under now tens of thousands of other emails and interview requests. And, and I've honestly, literally been meaning to reply to that for about whatever, three or four years now. Hey, at least I get a chance to do this, so. It's funny because uh, I'm checking into the hotel here in Acapulco and I see James, he's the first guy I see and he comes up to me and he's like, Josh, I have an email from you from five years ago. I'm like, well, thanks for noticing five years later. But uh, anyway, here we are, and we're going to talk about some interesting issues that are happening right now. Obviously, um, one can't help but notice civil unrest all around the world. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if there is some kind of movement to, towards, instead of having fear in government, uh, the, the government's starting to have fear in the populace. I mean, that's usually the way it should go. I wanted to hear your thoughts on the idea of utilizing fear to control the masses and uh, be able to lead the masses utilizing fear because I mean there's a lot of talk about force the use of force but force has nothing without the fear of the force so can you go into that a little bit yes and I'm gonna hold the mic because I'm a podcaster so oh it God. feels better <laughs> all right no seriously though this is an excellent question because absolutely of course fear is the tool and the tactic for getting us to comply people are obedient when they are in fear so of course they're always trying to make you feel inferior dumb you down make sh make sure that you can't resist and put you in corners so that you feel the fear of the, the the force of the state so that they can keep you in that catatonic state but there is a way out of that and i was just thinking about that here listening to all these people giving their speeches and uh, talking about speaking in public. And it made me think, it reminded me back when I was a kid, I remember I was five, six years old. We were going to do the little school recital. I had some little thing on the glockenspiel to play or whatever. And we were all waiting to go on stage. We were waiting in the classroom or whatever. And I remember I started pacing around the room and getting like anxious and and uh, the teacher stopped me and she's like oh are you nervous James oh yes I'm so nervous and I remember even at the time thinking you know I'm only doing this because I think this is what I'm supposed to do like I must have seen it on cartoons or whatever this is what you do when you're nervous and so it was programmed into me early that that is how you act when you're in these situations so can you program yourself out of that and the answer is yes because I remember when I was in uh, junior high high school and you have to give the presentation in front of the class right. And of course, you know, a lot of people feel nervous in that situation, and I did too. I had that nervous energy. And I remember consciously thinking one day, I take that fear, that nervous energy I've got, the, oh, you know, what do I do with that? And I channel that into the, the speech that I'm about to give. I take that energy and I just decide, to, I'm going to give this into the speech itself. I'm going to do that. And just that conscious thought, the flipping of the switch, this isn't fear and, oh, I'm in a catatonic state and I better be quiet and, oh, yeah. No, just use that and, and propel it out through your mouth hole. Use that energy. And that's what we have to do on the grander scale to stop this fear programming to stop us from resisting the state. No, we take that fear and we propel it back at them with ten times the force. Absolutely, and I can't help but think of, you know, every time, when you ask most people, even people who support police and stuff like that, when they're driving on the highway, they see police and they are in fear 
almost always they're in fear. They're in fear that they might be driving a little bad and someone might pull them over and they might get extorted or whatever. And that seems to really lead people in a lot of directions. I mean, uh, well, you have to pay your taxes because if you don't pay your taxes, they'll come for you. Or um, And I, I hear that all the time from people. And it seems like that is the last resort of the state is always just that fear. And um, I think one of the worst things that we see a lot of the time in what we do in independent media is paranoia as well. I mean, I, I, how many people are stopped from reaching their true potential because they're paranoid? Uh, someone might be following me. Someone might not like what I'm saying. Someone might attack me. And I mean, uh, we all have witnessed that before. I mean, what do you think? Uh, how, how much do you think it restricts us from, you know, reaching our true potential as, for example, activists or journalists or, you know, individuals trying to get a message out in media? Okay, if there's anyone in the crowd that and we all feel this to some extent. You're right. Like when you're driving and you see a cop car, even if you're not doing anything, it's like try not, try not to look like you're doing anything illegal. That is the programmed fear response. And so we all feel it to some degree. And of course we feel it with our interactions with the state or even potential interactions with the state. So the real question is how do we turn that around and what do we do with that? And I think uh, the, real, the real solution to this is uh, exactly as you intimate, the they, they, the them, they's, try to make it seem like they are all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, you can't do anything, you can't ever escape our grasp, ha ha what are you going to do about it? And the answer, of course, is nothing. There's nothing I can do about it. And that's the, the, the response they want out of you. So, let's put it this way. You have a choice to make. One, they are all-seeing, all-powerful, all-knowing, and can do anything at any time, and there's no resistance, in which case, you might as well resist, because you're going to die on your knees or you're going to die on your feet. And uh, I'd rather die on my feet, thanks. So you can make that choice. Or you can actually, no, they're probably not all-seeing, all-powerful, all no. No, they are the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Pull the curtain away. It is pathetic little old men trying to rule the planet that are 99% smoke and mirrors. It's garbage and nonsense. They do not control you. You are free and powerful human beings. You are better than this. Resist. Either way, resist. I think it's important that people recognize their true potential and also, I mean, just the, uh, the idea of living freely, living by example, and not waiting for someone to free you. It's unfortunate that so often, and going back to ancient Greece, it's like, oh, well, this democracy will help us save us from the last one, and it's just change, change, change over and over again. That's always a mantra, change, and it just keeps getting worse and worse all the time. I, I wanted to ask you a bit about the, the fall of empires, because it feels like we're coming to the end of an empire in the United States, in Canada, in Britain and wherever you are in the world, in, in China, I mean, Hong Kong, the protests have dried up because of coronavirus for now, but I mean, I'm sure they'll be back in no time. I mean, Paris, I, you could basically make a point of almost every country in the world right now. Something's happening, we all feel it. Do you feel like there is some kind of global empire that's really starting to get to its last resorts, maybe desperate, maybe trying to cling on to the power that it has left, or are they actually getting more and more powerful and we're just not catching on to their shenanigans? Yes, and no. Um, yes, the current order is dying. Everyone sees that and knows that. And to a certain extent, that's just because it has reached its end, uh, end cycle. You can't push the types of things that they've been pushing forever. It comes to an end at some point. The problem is that would-be planners of society, the would-be societal engineers, are not stupid. They know this. They know that this is coming. They are prepared and, and planning for the chaos that they are going to bring about in order to bring the new order. Chaos. Order ab chaos. Wait, where, where have I heard that before? That is the game plan. That is the strategy. That's what they're doing. I've written about this a lot because I really do see this. 
yes, of course, of course the system as it exists is collapsing. Ron Paul just last night was giving in his speech. He said, of course, the Federal Reserve is going gonna, is gonna to collapse. I mean, of course, it cannot continue. But they know that. Do you think that they do not understand the basic economics of this, let alone all the societal implications? Of course they do. That's why they've been carefully behind the scenes, at least for the last 12 years since the 08 collapse. They've been planning with the white papers and everything for the, the uh, bail-ins and all of the things that they've been planning through the BIS, through the, uh, uh, the BIS subsidiary, who uh, I'm not going to be able to remember, off the top of my head, that was run by Mark Carney, who went over to the Bank of England, who's now going over to the United Nations. It's all one big incestuous club. Not the ECB. Anyway, it was a BIS-created entity uh, after the G20 at 2009. Um, People will comment below. Yeah, absolutely. Look it up in my work. I've done talked about it before. Um, but the, the uh, and that's just the the financial side of it. Look at the uh, the military side of it, the police state side of it. I, again, they are preparing for the collapse. So the the real question is not is if it's going to collapse, if things are going to go south. It's going to be how will it go south, and are we prepared for that? And that's really the only question that actually matters from our perspective. Are we prepared for that? Because if we are not prepared for that, if we find ourselves in a state of chaos. Well, then you're, you've already lost the game because the order will be coming and people will be screaming for that order. I guarantee you, even a percentage of this audience, I don't, I'm not going to speculate the percentage, but a percentage of the people in this audience are going to be the ones clamoring for martial law or whatever it is to save us from the chaos if you are not prepared, prepared mentally prepared financially, prepared socially and culturally, and they're all linked, they're all together. If we are not building the communities that will be self-sustaining now, while we have the opportunity and the ability to do so, yeah, imagine trying to do that while the chaos and collapse is happening. No, now is the time. Right, and um, I, I mean, I've, I believe that the recession never ended in 2008. It's been papered over, and we're. Di but I wanted to go into a couple of the solutions. Uh, you mentioned a few there, and we've talked about fear, and we've talked about ways they've controlled us. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the cashless society because there's two sides to that. There's a decentralized uh, cashless, you know, uh, new guard system that's replacing the old guard system, free markets, individualism, decentralization, hopefully privacy, um, and then there's also like the Chinese style and Indian style and Swedish and Australian and all these other countries that are going into negative interest rates, pushing this idea for a cashless society that's completely connected to the banks. So we're talking, if your money's in the bank, it's not yours, it's the banks. If your money's always going through the banks via digital transactions, legal tender laws, all that kind of stuff, it's never your money. It's always the banks. And people often, far too often, mix the solution up with one of the problems. And I wanted to hear your thoughts because I know you've done a real, I've seen some of your work on this subject before, really, really good stuff. Um, I wanted to hear your thoughts on the difference b between something like uh, the cryptocurrency alternatives and then these technocratic control grids you know connected to social credit in China and uh, you know facial recognition uh, okay yes uh, I've never sat down and like consciously ranked my disappointments in the truth and freedom movement over the past decade but if I did near the top if not the very top would be the response to the cryptocurrency idea and it is an idea and there are many different instantiations of that idea, this particular one, this particular one. But if uh, the, the inability of people to see the bigger idea there and to work in any way to put themselves towards supporting that has been an incredible disappointment because I have watched over the past decade as the Bitcoin PSYOP has completely taken over people's brains. And if you don't know what that is, please go to CorporateReport.com, look up the Bitcoin PSYOP. It is not what you think because, yes, there are two 
ways that this can go. It can go into the decentralized version or the completely centralized version. Which way do you think they want it to go? I think it's going to go centralized if they have their way. Of course, it's going to be a digital national issued currency that's going to be tied into, oh, you'll have a wallet, it'll function just like cryptocurrency, except we will track you, we will know you, it will be tied to your social insurance number and your social credit score and everything else down to your DNA at some point. It will be the chains that they will have around your neck. And social credit at this point may be kind of a theoretical concept. At the point where they literally turn off your wallet and you cannot buy or sell, what are you going to do then? Whoa, oh no, I'm stuck. Because no one, or very, 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 very few people, have shown any interest in building up the decentralized side of this. There is a decentralized side of this that is possible, and it has not been realized yet. There are problems and faults with all of the particular instantiations of this idea so far, but that's because the people who could be devoting their energies towards solving this problem are all saying, eh, that's just the, the, crap, the cashless society coming into view, and so we can't participate in that. Okay, fair enough. And if you've got it all solved, and you've got your community set up with you know, gold and silver exchanges and local currencies and everything, so that you're completely immune to all of this, awesome. Good for you. But for those who aren't, uh, it's just so disappointing that this is a revolution that has happened in the last decade that most people have completely dismissed by this point. It's unfortunate how often I hear people say, oh, well, it goes up and down too much. Well, it's not about how much it's going up and down, just like it's not as much about how gold is going up and down or how it's manipulated in the time being. It's a long-term uh, prospects of it. And it's interesting because um, the Bitcoin PSYOP video is, I thought was brilliant. And do you know how many people have shared that video with me, not actually watching the video? They're like, see, James Corbett says that Bitcoin's a PSYOP. And it, it's, it's hilarious. But I, I think a really important point that I like to make as much as often as, as possible is blockchain can be used for good and evil like anything. So you can use a gun to slaughter a whole bunch of innocent people, but you could use that same gun to save all those people from being slaughtered. Depends how you utilize something, how if centralized, decentralized, privacy, non-privacy, transparency, whatever it might be, there's good and bad to everything. It's how you utilize it, who's in control of it, and hopefully no one's in control of it except for yourself when you own when you own that wallet. But um, anyway, I really appreciate you uh, going into these issues with us. I think one of the number one things we have today, and we started at the beginning talking about fear is that there's a lot of fear and there people should be afraid to a certain extent or concerned at least but they should be a lot more um, uh, they, they should be a lot more optimistic about the solutions uh, this is often a case that I see in both mainstream media and independent media fear-mongering 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 no solutions and I think there are more solutions than there are problems the problem is that no one's looking at the solutions they're all focused on the problems this is bad that's bad well what are you doing about it how are you being free how are you living free how are you living by example and I think that's a really important point to leave off with uh, James uh, as we close this off can you tell everyone if they somehow some way don't know how to find you where, where they can go uh, corporatereport.com c-o-r-b-e-t-t report.com all my work is up for free and it's a resource I hope people utilize it as such if you're interested in solutions specifically I've got a little uh, cloud keyword cloud in the sidebar you can just click the solutions and you'll see dozens and dozens and dozens of things I've done over the year thank you for the work that you're doing I appreciate it I like to see new people coming into this game and you're not new anymore but i'm an old old person at this point but do you want a little free advice sure. this is the ugliest background for a video i've ever seen this is a terrible background <laughs> but thank you so much i'm glad we got to meet up i'm sure we will be talking again in the future <laughs>
And I, hey, by the way, I like this background. It's like, I want this in my house. Uh, and it's going to be a meme and, oh, look, Illuminati handshake right yeah, there, man. Yeah, yeah, put the triangle. Anyway, I appreciate it. And as always, check those links below. Always demonetize. So make sure to look below and see what you can do to help independent media. And by the way, James is the only person I would pass off the mic to because that is the number one rule in interviewing is never pass off the mic. I appreciate it, James. Thank you. <laughs>